0: You are listening to the Wisdom of Wealth podcast. My name is Ryan Haley. And my name is Kyle Kempers. Whether you're at the top of your game or you're just getting started, we are here to add as much value as we possibly can to your financial education. If you want to find out more, head on over to wisdomofwealth.co. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you've joined us. My name is Kyle Kempers. And Ryan Haley, my co-host, was unable to be here. He's out of town. But we're excited because today I get the honor of introducing and interviewing Alex Ponciano. Alex, thanks for being here today.
1: Awesome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: A little bit about Alex. He and I met kind of in a crazy circumstance. He stayed in my Airbnb, which I'm running out of my basement. Yeah. And uh, he was on his way out at like 10 in the morning with his buddy Ryan. And I was cleaning my grill, uh, to be fair, as a smoker. So I was going to put something (laughs) on it.
1: At 10 in the morning. Right. Because I was walking out and I was like, what is this guy doing cleaning his grill so early? <laughs>
0: and and uh, he asked me what I did. I said, uh, I work for a company in Denver that does infinite banking. And immediately, Alex and his buddy Ryan just started grilling me about what what I would define as infinite banking. And uh, I was kind of surprised at how intense they were. But it's actually a, a really cool, unique part of Alex's story as I got to know him better. And, um, yeah, can you share just a little bit of your background, uh, what you come from, the kind of the work, work life that you had before family life and uh, city life as well as travel?
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I'm originally from New York City. I grew up in, uh, in Queens, New York, and, you know, just living in the hustle and bustle of that, that concrete jungle out there and, you know, going to school and doing my thing as a, as a teenager and whatnot. Um, over time, I went to college and uh, was able to go ahead and get to school and, you know, just follow that cycle that everybody does. You work hard, you go to school and, you know, you you find a good job and, and you try to make it make it do for the rest of your life. You know, um, along my journey there, I, um, as I you know, was in my career and everything, I was like, you know what, there has to be more to life than just, you know, working this nine to five job or, you know, just having this dead end job or, you know, working for 20, 25 years plus. And I was just like, this is not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, as I spoke to different colleagues and whatnot, he told me that they were in their in their job and it was 20, 25 years in and, you know, they still had to keep this job because of, uh, they had to pay for their mortgages or they had to put their children through school or just They they just can't afford to lose out on this job or just live on their pension. And I was just like, you know what? So I was a city worker before. And, um, you know, being a city employee, you just you you have that common role of hey, you wake up, you go to go to work, do your thing. And, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later, you retire. And as I spoke to a lot of my different colleagues, they were like, yeah, this is not it. They weren't happy. And I was just like, I got to change something. So, you know, something kicked in my brain. I was like, I got to make something else my life. I got to find different resources because 25 years is not what I wanted to do. So uh, mm. I got introduced to different books, financial books. Uh, one of them was, uh, you know, just a mindset book. And that book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And once I read that book, it was just life changing for me from there. And uh, yeah, it just started off from there. You know, I became a real estate investor and uh, making different moves, how to get passive income, how to, you know, get financial freedom and financial independence and making that journey and striving towards that. And that's where I'm going now.
0: Dude, that is that's awesome. What what's your background like with your your family background? Does you do your parents come from a financially free affluent? Uh, no, no. So actually, mindset?
1: my my parents immigrated to the United States when I was uh, two years old from the Dominican Republic. Um so I you know they came in and you know just like every other immigrant family just came in and try to make the best that they could here in the United States and you know um work, went to work right away and they just working from sunrise to sunset and I was just a little kid living uh you know my parents trying to sh- struggle and and make it so we were living paycheck to paycheck you know I grew up uh, I would say maybe in the middle class I would say definitely um you know low to middle class and you know it's just something that we were Going from life to life, paycheck to paycheck, and I saw my parents work hard and struggle, you know, they were employees and then they became entrepreneurs and became business owners. So my mom owned a salon a few years later, um, later on in my life. Um, So she had a salon for about a few years um and my dad became a, a shoe store business owner as well and so they did that for a little bit so
0: so two two entrepreneurs
1: yeah yeah it was you knew like, how to hustle yeah my parents you know from they became employees and then went to business owners but you know something that i learned even as a business owner you're still kind of struggling you know because you got to run that business operate there and you know work full time in that business
0: Do do you feel like when you watched them Run their businesses and build their companies or however they did what they did. Did you learn a lot of business experience
1: from being close to that? Or was it one of those things you saw from a distance? So uh, I started from a distance at first. And then as I got older, I think I was like maybe 15, 14 or 15. um, I asked my dad that if I could work with him, you know, and, and he... Put me to work at his shoe store there and i was Gotta just like i was just there an employee you know helping customers as they came in to look for nice uh suit attire shoes or dress shoes whatever the case may be any dresses or suits or ties and i was just there helping my dad out and trying to see how he ran that business so i could learn from that so you're and then you said you worked for the city
0: so then you got into a 95 and uh, i'm curious when you made the change the switch from i don't want to do this twenty-five. Uh, your job, this kind of uh pension plan, like whatever that roadmap was, and you're looking at people that aren't happy, they're not fulfilled, they're not free financially, what was it that you saw outside of Rich Dad, Poor Dad that that gave you the goal that you shot for? So... If you were looking at something, you're like, I don't want to be this. What was the thing that you saw that you were like, I do want to be that?
1: Right. So I I just saw the financial freedom and the ability to go travel, the ability to be with your family, um, you know, ability to spend time uh, with with your family, your friends, and do the things that you want to do and not be constricted to that work cycle or work for that employer or, you know, be guided to, you know, hey, you have to come in at this time and, you know, you're working for X amount of hours, you know, so that's something that I was just like, you know, this is not the life that I want to live and I, I need to jump out. And so you know i try to make that push
0: cool that's awesome yeah so now you are doing a lot of that stuff i think you're experiencing a, a portion of that freedom and, yeah. and you still have goals and things that you're shooting for i think it's also it's always healthy to have that i know that you uh, aspire to be at it um, in at a couple more mile markers down the road and right, you kind of right. know what that looks like so can you define for us just a little bit of the Give us a little bit of detail. Like, what, what is that journey? How did you get into finance? Right. Here? And no. how did you get
1: into real estate? Yeah. Yeah, that's important. And I think uh, once I established what I wanted, right, so I had to go and I was like, this is what I want to achieve. I had to figure out how to achieve that because at that time I was in debt and, you know, I was struggling financially, maxing out credit cards like everybody else does, paying for my for different rent. And, um, you know, so I just had to figure out how the game plan was, right? So you figure out what, where is it that you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? And then you go and set up that plan, and so that's something that I taught myself reading different books, different um, th- listening to different podcasts and videos, and it's just something. All right, cool. This is the steps that I need to take. So I go ahead and I went ahead and did those steps. You know, first I needed to get out of debt. So how did I get out of debt? I, you know, everybody the, the different methods that are out there. One of the methods that works I think best is that snowball method. So you gotta you you gotta go and pay your lowest debt first, and then work your way up. Um, so I was able to get out of that. So that was pretty nice. That was a, a, a great accomplishment for me. And I really, you know, felt good and, and, and excited to keep on moving forward. Once I got out of that, um, I looked into real estate. You know, I, I, the reason I got into real estate because I was like, how do these people do it? How can I get out of this, you know, lower middle class um, family life to to achieve that, that millionaire status, right? Or that higher class. What is it that people do? And I saw that the wealthy, they're all into either, you know, they own a business. Or they have real estate and I was like, I don't think I wanna be a business owner. I did that enough with my father. So, you know, let me let me look into real estate real quick. And uh yeah, you know, I, I learned I learned everything there was about real estate. This was actually during right before COVID hit. Uh I was about to 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 purchase my first property and then I was, COVID was happening. And this was March, 2020. And I was just like, Whoa, let me take a pause. I don't know what's about to happen. Right. So, you know, we, everybody goes through that cycle, right? We, we were about to go on a d- this venture and then all of a sudden something happens and it, it takes us a few steps back and we're like, Whoa, hold on. So, so that's what happened to me. I was in that, uh, analysis paralysis, what they call this, where you, you know, just analyze different things and you want to make a move, but you don't make a move. You're kind of struggling. You're, you tip it, into the water type thing. And, um, But thankfully, I think that was a good pause for me. You know, the Lord was was saying something to me at that time. It's like, hey you know, I think you need a little bit more education. So that's what I did during that time. I just educated myself a little bit more, read more books, read more, listened to more podcasts, you know, read more articles and and ran my numbers so I could make sure I could get proficient. And, you know, after the time frame, after COVID, maybe about a year later, I was just like, you know what, I got to make a move now. And, uh, you know, jumped right into it. I was able to purchase my first property. And, uh, you know, it's been beautiful from there and going on.
0: Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom in something y- you just said there where it's uh, timing is everything. And especially those that know investments and know opportunities and know, uh, how a lot of these things have been flow. that the, when you get in is, is really important. But for you, I think that was also tied to your level of comfort and your ability to take risk. Cause I think that, uh, what your risk tolerance is measured by, uh, Basically, your your risk tolerance measures your ability to get into what you want to do in investments. And so your risk tolerance at that time wasn't enough to just jump in in 2020 because you didn't know enough. But right. you knew enough about yourself to take a step back, learn a little bit more, build some more risk tolerance because you educated yourself and then take the, the leap and jump in in 2021.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, a lot of people do have that. They have to know what their risk tolerance is, and you also have to take educated calculator risk right so that's what's what's that's what's it's all about moving forward you know once you analyze and take that calculated risk and you know you determine whether it's going to be good risk or bad risk and, and then you it's easier to make a move at that point in time
0: so since we met at my place right. there there is something there's something that's happened between. 2021 getting your first property and that conversation and it, it has more to do with finance what does that journey look like for you
1: yeah so i was able to you know get myself out of that debt that i was in um and then i was able to go ahead and save up for that first property that i did on my down payment and you know make it a rental and and, and you know after using that and using all the knowledge that i obtained finances i learned that i had to be good i had to be a good financial steward of my money right and how can i you know be a proficient and know how to manage my money moving forward because if i look to if i'm looking to do this in the future and progress and expand my business then you know i also want to make sure that i do it properly from the get-go right right from the beginning so like that i don't have problems moving forward so i I learned about how to how to make different strategies for, for your finances so you know how to stay out of debt all right I learned about the differences between good debt and bad debt because you know that happens. That's important. Yeah, that's, that's something really good. that you need to learn moving forward, and just how to how to you know how to manage my money right. You know, so am I going to do this? Hey, is this worth it? Is this what I need to pay for? No, I don't need this right now. You know, I could save this, and then if I if I hold off just a little bit, I could use it for this this future venture that I'm trying to do. And you know what? That's what I'm going to do. So you got to also have that. What's the word? That discipline. All right. You got to be disciplined with your money. So you have to know what to do. You have to know what you what are you are you trying to achieve. You go and set yourself up on that path and be disciplined with yourself. You know,
0: that's really good. And to 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 dive into that good debt, bad debt real quickly. Uh, how would you define good debt and bad debt?
1: So something that I learned right from uh, the, the book Richard Poor Dad, um, I would say it's uh, good debt. Right. Good debt is going to be anything that you buy. Right, that you take a loan from, and then you buy assets with. Right, assets is something that pr- puts money into your pocket. Right, brings in that that supplemental income. Bad debt is the most common debt that's out there. So anything from credit card debt to car loans to even your house. Right, your house your mortgage that you take out could be it could be a bad debt, and also maybe student loans and things of that nature. So, uh, the main priority out there, which my debt was, was uh, credit card debt. So. You know, and and then that good debt. Once again, anything that buys assets, you know, that puts money into your pocket.
0: That that is a barrier to entry for a lot of people, especially coming from a background like you came from with bad debt, to getting comfortable with good debt and learning how to utilize it and not to be afraid of it. And I think there's a couple tools in there. It's just measuring your debt and how you measure if you have good debt or bad debt. Is is if you take that loan to purchase that asset, that the returns you're getting on that asset over. Uh, shadow the interest that you owe on that loan. So what you would be losing on a loan in a bad debt situation, like a credit card at 23% interest or 26 or something crazy, you're just losing a lot of money. You're not going to get into an investment that's giving you greater than 23% return right. with that debt. And so that debt is inherently going to be bad yeah. most of the time. You're not going to find ways to get it to be good debt for you. Yeah, not at all, not at all. Um, but you're, you were able, able to find ways to get, get debt that allowed you to attain assets, which is in the form of probably in a mortgage right? your first debt.
1: Right. So yeah, um, my mortgage that I obtained, so that's a good debt. The reason it's, it's good that because I used it for a rental property and that rental property or that rental income that I have, I use that to pay down my mortgage loan or whatnot. So that, that instantly becomes a good debt because I, I'm not paying for that out of pocket. My rental income is paying for that. And and, and that's, that's how real estate evolves. So anything that, you know, moving property, when you have a property and you you, you rent it out and you have a loan on it, as long as that rental income surpasses, you know, what the cost of the expenses are on that property, then you're good to go. Heck yeah. That's awesome. That's
0: some, that's some really good advice. It's something I wish I would have learned a lot sooner. I saw the debt that my parents operated on and thought all of it was bad debt. And now that I'm older and a little bit wiser and understand finance, I'll look back on how they leveraged a lot of those loans to, to get them to that next level of finance and realize like, oh, cool. Like a portion, a good portion of their debt was good debt. Uh, And there was still some bad debt in there and just identifying the two, the difference between them and separating between them is, is important for us because uh it's sink or swim. That's it's a
1: great way to destroy the thing you're building if you build it wrong. Yeah, that's true, that's true, hundred percent. Another important thing is that a lot of people, you know, are just not financially literally. I myself wasn't. Um, but I became a financial literate person. Right. So I learned what the differences are. I learned, you know, what's good that what's bad that what's leveraged, you know, what's what this interests are. Is there good interest? Yeah, of course. You know, so I learned all these different things. And, and then so my journey now is where I want to educate those people, you know, um, people that came from just like where I was, um, how to how to be better financial stewards of their money how to learn the financial game, how to learn the financial literacy, so like that they could have that opportunity and that chance to go ahead and and excel and move to that next level, wherever it is that they want to achieve.
0: That's that's really good. So that's something that you... you I noticed about you that made a huge impression on me when I first got to know you is that you just seem like to see others, you saw their situation and then you're like, hey, here it is. This is the solution. Take this step. Take this step. Just trust me. Take this step. Yeah. And and you're helping them build risk tolerance because you were giving them risks that you uh, knew ultimately were safe. Right. And uh, can you talk about now that what what are you doing now to help people grow in their financial education and take those steps and what do you want to offer people that are like you were before trying to figure out how to get out of the rat race and be financially free.
1: Yeah, sure. Definitely. So something that I learned on my journey as a as a real estate investor and, and you know, just learning through my financial futures, um, I learned how to become a better better money manager. Right. So something that I learned throughout this this transition with this this plan that I'm on on this route is something called the concept of infant banking or private banking, right? And it's basically you use a specially designed, engineered, whole life insurance policy to go ahead and make that your savings account pretty much in essence, right? And you put your money into this account, into this life insurance, instead of putting your money into a bank. And then you let you allow your money to grow in this uh, life insurance policy, in this cash value portion of it, while they're guaranteeing you, you know, whatever the interest is at that point in time, you know, maybe 3 to 5%, whatever the case may be. At the same time, you're able to use this money as a loan from your from your life insurance policy to go ahead and use it for other things, whatever that thing may be, whether it's an expense that you want to buy or you want to purchase a car or you want to you know, buy something, go on vacation or something like that. I personally use it for my investments. I use it for my real estate ventures. So I put money in whatever my down payment is going to be and in my life insurance policy and then I take the money back out and I use it for my down payment for my next property and that's how I'm able to use infinite banking to my to my advantage um and so that's something that I learned and I was just like wow once I learned about this and I was like everybody has to know about this I can't believe people are not using this this great tool this um this great tool it's not an asset but it it's definitely an an asset is what I was going to say and I'm just like, wow, this is something that everybody has to learn, my friends and family, and, you know, it's something that I want to do. So going back to your story where I, I was grilling you, with questions is because uh, when I was learning about that concept, I went and interviewed diff- five different agents at the time, and I was just trying to figure out which agent was going to design the plan the way that I have learned it. And, I, and every agent that I spoke to had different kinks and different things, and I was just like, oh, I don't know, these agents are different. They didn't. I don't think they really know exactly what I'm trying to get at, or you know, they did a design it exactly the way where I would maximize to to that advantage to you know, so I was able to narrow it down to like two agents. One of the agents I felt more comfortable with, so I ended up going and doing a policy with him, through the help of his coworkers and you know my ideas and my tips. And I was like, hey, this is what I want. Can you make it like this? So you know, once I went through that whole process, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I want you know, the people that I send to my friends and family, if I send them to this day, I don't want them to be in the same situation, the same struggle that I was. So I was like, you know what, this is something that I think I'm gonna learn about myself. So I could learn how to do my own policies and also help my my friends and family out them, you know, and and design their policies for them. So like that, they have somebody who's trustworthy and somebody they could count on. And, you know, they don't have to go back and forth with the different questions that I have. And I could just give them a straight shot answer. So I was like, you know, what, this is something that I want to do. So when we met outside your house in in the backyard and I started grilling you about those questions because I went through that journey of like <laughs> already you know all right you say you know about this concept let's see if you actually do so I just started asking you questions but then when I realized well, I was like oh no this guy knows what he's talking about he he's the real deal I was excited and you know I got to learn what is it what it is that you did and who you worked for right Unbridled well, bright with wealth and I was like what you guys are about And you told me a little bit about the company i was just like that's it i'm hooked i wasn't even looking for an agency i wasn't even looking to to become an agent at that time i just knew that i wanted to at some point it wasn't in my line it wasn't in my plan it wasn't in my plan but you know like i said right the lord works in many different ways man and i think that was definitely one way that the lord worked that morning when we got to meet and we got to speak and you know we introduced each other and we knew what we wanted and what we were about and here we are in this journey so now you know, you bringing me onto this team and allowing me to be part of the team and learning what you guys are all about, you know, having God focus, number one is first, and then building that business up from there. And just the whole motivation is just to help people and not, you know, not, not commission based. It's not, you know, income based. It's it's just really getting the knowledge out there to others in this world and, and helping them achieve different levels of success. And so that's what I'm about. Um, I'm something that I want to do moving forward and it's something that I'm always done, you know, in my life. And, you know, if I could go ahead and, and work with you guys and expand that area and expand that reach to reach those that probably don't know anything about it, man, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm so excited to do something like that. Let's go.
0: Let's go. And to give context, Alex is now part of the team here at Unbridled Wealth, and he operates as an agent that is able to write those policies and get people set up in Infinite Banking. And, yeah. and as you know, and as your story kind of portrays, it's such a unique niche that it's hard to find people that really truly understand it and are willing to take the commission cut necessary to build the policy in a way that serves the individual using it, the client, and not the person selling it. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the things you ran into when you're trying to get it set up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because now I can understand why maybe the, some of the agents that I was speaking to kind of gave me a little runaround or didn't design the policy. The way I wanted it to be because now that I'm learning into it and I know everything well, a good majority of it about it now as an agent, (laughs) I see that the the commission cuts are drastically, drastically big from what a normal whole life insurance policy is, right? And so, you know, maybe that's what the the hiccup was around, but yeah, definitely when you build the IBC design policy, agents definitely lose out on commission and, and it's drastically reduced. But you know what. I know for sure that those agents, their goal is not commission-based. Their goal is to help people. And everybody on this team, when I got to speak to them, that's what I saw. Everybody here just wanted to help people and spread that knowledge. And I was like, I want to be part of that. And that's what I'm focused about. Dude, that is that is awesome. Yeah.
0: Man, sure. I love I love your passion about this because I feel like when you start getting excited and passionate about it, I feel that same passion <laughs> and get really excited about it as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we should share a very similar why. I mean, we're both on this team for the same reason, and uh, Ryan Haley, our other co-host, and he's he's on here for the same reason as well. We want to educate people about finances and show them the path to freedom and, and how to get from being lost and locked into what you can't control to a place where you're like, Hey, I you know, could kind of get above the weeds and the problems. I'm not, I'm not locked in. I've got freedom and I know how to take the steps I need to take to get myself to a better position. And there's something that you, you touched on early on and uh, I wanted to wrap up with this. It's, it's the concept of legacy and it's hard to do infinite banking without talking about legacy because you're building this savings account inside of a whole life policy. So uh, inevitably there's going to be a death benefit attached to it. And that death benefit's not necessarily for you. It's going to be left for the generation behind you. And even if you can structure it in a business sense, in a way that helps you protect your company or protect you and a partner that's in, in business together, Inevitabl or at the end of the day, this death benefit's gonna be left to the next generation. And so that was something that you said early on. You're like, Hey, I'm passionate about breaking some cycles and getting into financial freedom because I wanna do this for my family, for my friends, for my community and for others like me that are trying to get out of this situation. And so can you just speak a little bit about legacy and why you're passionate about it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh I think legacy is is very important and, you know, generations to come. So my family right i was the first in my family to go to college and you know that was a big honor and, and a step for my parents and and my family my extended family from there on and you know there was it's just a proud moment so that was a legacy that i i wanted to achieve for my family moving forward like hey i wanted to break that cycle you know i want to be that first one to you know i have the opportunity my parents are able to provide the opportunity to me so let me go ahead and take full advantage of it Advantage of that. Uh, So thankfully, I went and graduated college. My sister, she also went and graduated college, too. So she's continuing on that play. Um, And then as far as the financial, this is what I wanted to break. I wanted to break that, you know, living paycheck to paycheck cycle within my family. You know, us just, you know, working hard for X amount of time and, you know, just having nothing really to live for. So. Once I learned about this and how beneficial this was on the long-term side and on the legacy side, I was just like, wow, this is definitely a no-brainer. You get the, you get the savings up front right away. You, know, you could use it as a different method of, uh, of savings an account. And then at the same time, you get that death benefit to leave for your, for your legacy and your family. So my generational when, when, you know, when the time comes, you know, I'm leaving this death benefit for my children. And I'm going to teach them how to be, you know, good financial stewards of that money so like that they know how to manage that money well and then keep that family and keep that tradition going and hopefully set a legacy Um, Like many others have said, like Ray Kroc and his generation, the Rockefellers using IBC and, you know, different other people that have been able. Walt Disney was another one. They were able to create these ventures or these franchises because they were using infinite banking and they know how to use the money and they kept the money within the family. And That's something that I'm trying to do. My legacy play, you know, that's going to be awesome. Let's go. That is awesome. For sure.
0: There's something that the owner said uh, recently that stuck with me. Uh, he just said, I think we're teaching the next generation how to steward wealth instead of obtain it. And I think that's extremely important when we start talking about legacy because, see, if we do legacy the right way, and especially with finances, then we're going to pass down to the next generation wealth that they need to steward. And so it changes the narrative. Instead of them having to learn how to accumulate and build their business from the ground up and and kind of fight tooth and nail to get what they have, they're being given something to steward and so teaching this next generation how to steward what we want to pass to them and living with a mindset of looking towards the future and forward, like you said. Um, and you mentioned those businesses and those businessmen as well. So, dude, I just love hearing from you. I like the the passion that you bring and the story behind it. It's, it's inspiring, and I hope that those that, of you that are listening to this podcast that – that resonate with Alex's story will reach out. You can reach out to him. You can find his, his information on the, the website at, UnbridledWealth.com, and so yeah, I encourage you if if you were if something sparked inside of you today to to reach out and start a conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely that'll be the way to go. Um, you know, I've been able to come from from zero to you know twelve properties now, and you know a few my partners that I work with they have Airbnb set up, and my partners are just on that mindset. So you know we we started businesses together, so it's just something that you know once you get onto this financial journey, if that's what you want, it you're, you're able to accomplish it. If you need the road path, you need a plan, you need the design, you need help, hey, reach out to us. We're definitely here to help, especially me, you could reach out and you know, I'll give you my specific story and how we could help you out and guide you in that in that journey. You know, I've I've had the help on my on my journey. You know, Kyle's helped me out so far. And he's definitely willing to continue to help me forward, keep moving forward, and that's what we're about. We're just here to help people to achieve the level that they want to achieve, and to have the same mindset, same goals, and the same journey that we all want to accomplish. And that's you know, generational wealth, legacy for your family, and get to that financial independence. It's gonna be awesome.
0: <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope to continue this conversation and see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Hopefully what we shared was valuable, whether it encouraged you or challenged you. Our goal is to equip you to make better financial decisions. So engage with us at wisdomofwealth.co. We want to connect with you and continue the conversation. Make an appointment today. Brian, myself, or anyone else from the Wisdom of Wealth team would love to meet with you. We look forward to talking more. And again, that's wisdomofwealth.co. See you on the next episode.